Hello to everybody listening at home. This is the Ordinary Church Podcast. I'm Connor. I'm here with Pastor Mike. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Connor. Good to be with you again today. Today is October 14th, and we're here in your office, and we want to get into uh, today's topic, which is growing in Christ, and especially uh, with reference to uh, being in the Word. So um, let me just turn it right over to you, Mike, and ask you uh, if you had one thing that you could lead off with. Uh, in terms of encouraging somebody to be in the Word. Uh, what is the one thing on your mind right now? Stop uh, relying on your study Bible. Okay. okay. Yeah. Well, let's get, let's get provocative right away. Yeah, here. right away. No messing around. Stop relying on your study Bible. If you, Christians, if you uh, primarily use a study Bible as you're carrying around Bible, stop it. Uh, start uh, carrying around a Bible that has no notes except God's Word in it. Let me tell you why, and then we'll then we'll back it up okay. a little Because too many people immediately go to the notes at the bottom of the page of a study Bible, hmm. and they rely upon man's words about God's word instead of God's word itself. Hmm. The power is in the word. The power is not in my commentary on the word. Yeah, And I think that is really important. I think a lot of Christians have slid into that, and immediately they read a verse and they go, oh, what does it mean? Let me just see what this study Bible writer who's basically like me, but maybe a little smarter, uh, has, has written yeah. uh, because they know Greek and Hebrew and yeah. Aramaic. I mean, and it's like, wait a minute. So first thing I'd say is stop relying on your study Bible so much. Hmm. All right, there it is. Well, that's a strong opening. Uh, let's unpack it a little bit. Uh, we just recorded a few devotional videos, actually, which will, be, which will be coming up next week. But you were just saying that a lot of times we're, we're guilty of maybe overthinking and like, working too hard, planning too much to try to get the perfect system. Can you just encourage someone who feels like I'm struggling to find the right system? I don't know what to do. I try to get into Bible reading plans. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I'm in uh, the second half of Exodus or Leviticus or Numbers, I, I fall off the wagon. Yeah. Can you just encourage that person? Yes. Uh, I love you and I care about you. So stop your, with your systems. Okay. Um, no, seriously, think about it. So many people say, I read the Bible and I get bogged down. I didn't finish. And I can't go through the Bible all the way through in one year or whatever. And I read it. And I don't understand it. I read it. I don't get out of it what I want to get out of it. And I'm like, let's go back. Just take a step back. Let's relax and take a step back. Okay. Growing in Christ. The foundation is the new birth that came about by God initiating and drawing you to himself by his irresistible grace. And you responded in faith. You believed in the Lord Jesus. You know, he gave you new life. Therefore, you believed. That's regeneration. Mm -hmm. Then you say, well, the fuel for my growth is the word of God. Everyone knows that. Absolutely. So why are you trusting only in your study Bible? Like, and why are you overthinking it? And why are you needing a system? You know, too many people rely on what other people have said about the word rather than just what does the word say? And here's what I, I love it in Nehemiah 8. I love Nehemiah 8. In Nehemiah, uh, they, they bring out, you know, the word of God, right? And when they open the book, when, when they open the book, what did the people do? You remember what they did? They stood up. Mm -hmm. That's why we stand to read the word at Grace Church of Orange. Because yep. that's one of the um, responses of worship and reverence to God yep. in light of his word. And so here you have Ezra the scribe. Okay, this is Nehemiah 8. Ezra the scribe is asked, told to bring the book of the law of Moses that God had commanded. Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly. Notice that, the scribe, the priest, 
both men and women and all who could understand. So men, women, and children are, are there. Yeah. And it says the first on the first day of the seventh month, and he read from it facing the square before the water gate from early morning until midday. Let's just say it was seven to noon, okay, or whatever it was, eight to noon, not a six to noon, in the presence of the men and the women and those who could understand. And that's key, that key phrase, those who could understand. Hmm. Children that are listening to this, you're in here, you're in the Bible. Hmm. You can understand the word. And the ears of all the people were attended to the book of the law. They were hearing God's word read, okay? Yep. That's what was happening. Yep. And the people had stood up, and then the people, it says the people, he opened it up and the people stood up, and he ble Ezra blesses God, and the people answered, amen, amen. So there's another response to the word of God. So be it, so be it. Yes, yes. And they lifted up their hands. There's another response to the word of God, worshiping God. Then they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. There's mm -hmm. another response to the word of God. So you're hearing the word of God, and you, you say, amen, we agree with it. You lift up your hands in praise. You bow your heart and your heads in worship to the Lord with your face to the ground. And then it says this. There's a whole list of people. Jeshua, Bani, Sherebiah, Jamin, Akab, uh, Shebatai, and, and, and some others helped the people to understand the law. While the people remained in their places, they read from the book. So they heard it from the law of God clearly. Okay? They heard it clearly. Yep. See that? They heard it, but it says with interpretation. That's what clearly means. They gave the sense so that people understood the reading. So what's my job as a preacher? Read it, explain it, apply it. So yes, it's important to have the word explained and to understand what it means. Mm -hmm. But first you have to hear it. Mm -hmm. First you have to hear it. And then what couples with that is prayer. I mean, pouring out your heart to God. I mean, as those people were bowing, well, saying amen, amen, and lifting up their hands and bowing their heads and worshiping to the Lord with their faces to the ground, it's an aspect of prayer. Mm -hmm. They're pouring their hearts out to God. They're expressing their devotion to God in response to the word of God. So it couples together, the mm -hmm. word and prayer. Uh, if you only read the Bible, you'll get puffed up and think you know it all. Yeah. If you only pray, you'll get tossed about by every wind and wave of doctrine. You need to have the word and prayer in balance in your life. Hmm. Prayer kind of springs out of what you read in the word. Yeah. Just practically, would you encourage someone to be maybe spending some time in the morning reading and then following that have some time of prayer as they're reading, they're praying, all of the above? Help, help me think through that. Okay, let's think about it in terms of eating. Okay. You get up in the morning and yep. most people eat. Yep. And drink something. Yeah. Okay. Um, and they talk to people. Yeah. <laughs> um, some people fast, but that's not the normal mm -hmm. aspect. Mm -hmm. And so I'd say when you get up in the morning, it's a good thing to open up the Word. I like to, it to be the first thing I do in the morning. Mm -hmm. Open up the word and hear it or read it. Okay? Yeah. Uh, someone might say, I want to hear God speak to me. I'm like, open up your Bible. No, I want I want God to speak to me out loud. Oh, read your Bible out loud then. Okay? <laughs> I'm serious. Read yeah, your yeah. when you read the Bible out loud, God That's is speaking right. to you out loud. That's I mean right. I mean it. I know it sounds funny. Um, and then, you know, if you when you start doing that as a as a discipline in your life, you don't get weird or legalistic and say, Well, I did it, check off the box. Yeah. Don't have to do that again. Well, well, don't you like it? Yeah. Like I ate for breakfast, so yeah. I don't have to eat anymore all day long. <laughs> no, I got hungry again at noon. And I really do think that morning, noon, and evening is a good model. What I mean by that is whenever you can, snack through the day on the Word of God and feast on it during, throughout the day. As often as you can, get, yourself, get the Word of God in your ears or in your eyes. Hmm. And as often as you can, pour out your heart to God in prayer. Yeah. That's why 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, Pray without, uh, pray without ceasing. Yeah. In everything, give thanks, yeah. right? So pray 
continually. Mm-hmm. And I think that people need to have a discipline built in their life where they're getting into the word continually. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it becomes a static thing that's a part of your life versus your very life. Yeah. And then you can bring out your Bible. Then you can bring out your study Bible. After you've read the Bible enough, then you can bring out your study Bible and see what Mr. So-and-so yeah. says about those verses. Yeah. We circle back around. That's really helpful. Yeah. Uh, maybe last question here. How would you encourage someone who they, they're hearing this, they've heard uh, encouragement like this before, and they still just feel like, yeah, I just don't want to wake up and read my Bible. I, I wake up and I'm, my heart is cold. I don't, I don't want to get in the word. It's, it's hard for me. Right. I struggle. Can you just encourage that person? Uh-huh. Yeah. Sure. I understand. I understand what that, what that is like. Um, that's not uncommon from how I wake up almost every day of the week. Mm-hmm. It's not like I wake up and it's automatic. Well, it becomes automatic when you have a, a pattern and a, and a uh, habit built in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, eating, you know, is somewhat automatic. And, you know, sometimes we eat without a huge appetite. And other times we say we're starving when we're not, right? I just think that to encourage you, I would just say this is a discipline. Discipline yourself for godliness, that uh, you need to develop a taste for the Word of God. I think many of us uh, are honing our skills and developing a taste for the world all the time. Hmm. And, you know, uh, who said it? Uh, Sin will keep you from this book or this book will keep you from sin, right? So I think that, you know, if you're if you have no desire for the word ever, it's it's okay to question whether you're saved or mm-hmm. not. I really do think that. I don't mean to scare anybody or to make anyone feel bad, but you know what? If it's between heaven and hell, I'd rather make you feel bad than than uh, pad the numbers and say, oh, you're good. Yeah. Right. I think that we need to take it seriously and say, what does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean to be a follower of Christ? Um, it means that I've devoted my entire life to God because he is devoted to my sanctification and glorification, that he has actually chosen to save me. And he chose me in Christ before the foundation of the world. And in his perfect time, he brought me to faith in, in Christ. And now he's given me a love for him that I didn't have before. And salvation is a supernatural act of God. And, you know, I don't keep myself going, but I have to make choices. Yeah. And so I'd say... You want your life to reflect the reality, but don't go on feelings. If you just go, well, I don't feel like doing that, then you're not going to do hardly anything in life. We do what we want to do, and we find a way to do what we want to do. Yeah. And what we want to do is often not what feels good, but what we know is right. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. To forgive someone. Yeah. To love your spouse when you've been in a bit of a, a, a rough patch of, of not getting along so well or dealing with your kids when they frustrated you immensely, but you know you love them dearly, Um, going to work every day and doing your work with joy, even when it's not feeling fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think that's real life. I think there's so many things in life that we just do. Like I brush my teeth and I floss because I don't want my teeth to fall out. I don't want (laughs) them to rot, okay? But it's the worst. I never want to floss, ever. (laughs) I never want to floss. The only time I do want to floss is when I have that... Piece of meat stuck in the back of that molder yeah. and it hurts. And then I'm like, please, <laughs> let's get out. some floss now. Yeah. <laughs> but most of the time, I don't want to brush my teeth and floss. Most of the time, I could just go on and just be like, forget about that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then you see, where's Mike's teeth? You know, they fell out. <laughs> they didn't brush his teeth and floss. I just think that if you think of the Christian life, uh, listener, the thing I could help encourage you the most is think of it as eating and drinking. Okay? Uh, 
we eat and drink too much, but we don't eat and drink too much of the word. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think we could we can mirror that in our life. And I think, you know, moderate that a bit more and say, wow, I'm watching a lot of Netflix or I'm watching a lot of TV or I'm watching a lot of YouTube videos or I'm watching those videos on Facebook that come pop up and watching all the political stuff. And I'm I'm watching I'm looking at everybody's Instagram. and I'm spending a lot of time doing these things. Mm -hmm. I think I can carve out some time for God. Mm -hmm. And I do think and that's not legalistic. That's realistic. Yeah. And that's godly. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Right on. Well, listeners, we're thankful for you. Thanks for tuning in. We'll uh, we'll talk to you next week. 